As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Let's start off today's show with our sponsor, Jane, an all-in-one practice management software. Jane offers a PCI-compliant solution called Jane Payments that's designed to bring convenience to your day-to-day payments. That means payment options that make for a quick and easy checkout for you and your clients. With Jane Payments, you can save a little time by collecting payment before an appointment with an online booking payment policy or requesting a card on file through an intake form. You can also use the integrated Jane Payments terminal to tap, insert, or swipe credit cards on site, and you'll have the option to store cards on file through the terminal for quicker checkout for future appointments. To see Jane Payments in action, head to jane.app/payments. Don't forget, listeners can use the code wellness1mo for a 1-month grace period on your new Jane account. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today on the show, we have a solo episode. I'd love to talk today about a topic that I am passionate about, and that is having a relationship-centered approach, a trauma-informed approach, and an attachment-based approach to hiring and leading my team. So today, I want to talk through some top five best practices when we think about relationship-centered hiring. And what I mean by relationship-centered is that we are considering the whole person. We're considering what we're bringing to the relationship, what they're bringing to the relationship, and we're being mindful about our approach in a trauma-informed way. And there are a few specific things that can help you from every part of the way you know, as you're starting your job posting all the way through onboarding and the the full hiring process. So five best practices, relationship-centered hiring. The first one is to get clear and specific prior to posting your position. So some of the details here would be including your top three values of your company in your job posting. Include all of the above the line and below the line benefits of working for your company. So above the line benefits are tangible things that we would think of that are common, like benefits and salary and any of the perks that are sort of have a monetary value. And below the line benefits would be things like culture and things that make your group unique or your center unique that people can't get other places. Always include the wage range, include all non-negotiables. For instance, if you need a specific schedule filled for the position, 
include it in the job posting. There's no reason for people to apply if they are not able to work those hours. I see this come up a lot when people are posting for evening and weekend positions. Just put evening and the weekends, put the actual hours. You're going to find your person eventually. A lot of people think they will turn applicants away by being too too specific, but you you don't, those are not your people. Those are not the right fit. So less applicants who meet the requirements of the position is better than more applicants who don't. And we don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be wasting your time. We don't need to be wasting their time. So getting so specific with yourself before you create the position and post it. Number two is to be clear and specific during every step of the hiring process. This is easier said than done. This starts with, again, with the job posting, but when we move into interviews, really thinking about how and why you are doing interviews and the purpose of how many you are doing and how you are facilitating them. So my recommendation, this can be different for each team, depending on your situation. But the most important factors is that there's more than one interview, I would say. We do three or four in different ways. So if we're thinking about our clinic, Vancouver Wellness Studio, we do an initial interview. This is typical interview questions and a few unique ones thrown in there. Uh, We always ask about trauma. We specialize in trauma and chronic illness on our team. So no matter the modality, we ask about their experience with treating trauma, their approach to treating trauma. We ask about collaborative care. You know, one of our top values is for people to join our team is they have to be so passionate about life and passionate about collaborative care and serving our community. So we get into some of that stuff in the first interview. Second interview is more about personality fit, asking questions like, what role do you typically play in a group? Um, or, you know, any questions about conflict, you know, examples of ethical dilemmas. How did, how did you approach that? You know, especially if it's, if it's been a conflict or an ethical dilemma with a supervisor, just getting to know how they respond in stressful situations and conflict is very important. So that's the second interview. The third interview is with the entire team. So no matter how big your team is, I always recommend involving your team at some point of the interview process. It's really important for your team to be excited about and bought into the new person joining and they will want them to succeed because they've helped make that choice. And it's, it's really important for culture. One thing that kind of speaks to the trauma-informed perspective, when we think about trauma, one of the biggest things is that when we're in a trauma response, we don't appreciate surprises. We don't appreciate not knowing what to expect. So when we're going through this process, it's helpful to be very mindful about letting the applicants know what to expect in the next step of the process. So when we're going to have someone come for a group interview, we let them know what to expect from our team, that we'll be asking them questions, We how many people will be there, um, and that they'll have time to ask us questions, all of those things. When they come, we also orient them to the space, make sure they understand where everything is, where they can find the bathroom, where they can get water, all of those things. Those small details help people feel more welcome. And, and that is 
when we speak to trauma-informed. That's a big piece of it. The last part of interviews um, or a part of the interview process should always be a practical. I've seen clinic owners, employers do this in all sorts of ways, but no matter the modality, it's really important to have someone do a practical interview. So if they're a therapist, they can do a mock session. They can do a case conceptualization. If it's an acupuncturist, they can give a full acupuncture session and assessment and so on. It's extremely vital to understand how the provider shows up in the room and takes that initial step with the patient. Number three in best practices for relationship-centered hiring is don't settle, be patient. Listen to your gut. If something doesn't sit well with you early on, don't move forward. Don't convince yourself they will show up differently once they start the position. People show us who they are. Believe them. People show us who they are. Believe them. I said it twice because it's really important and it's a common mistake that I've made multiple times and that I see lots of clinic owners making. This is different than we don't need every employee on our team to be our best friend. We don't need them to be a clone of who we are. We don't need any of that. But it's important to have the right fit for the right position. So if someone shows up in a way that's not in alignment with your core values as a company, do not move forward. Always check references. I can't tell you how many people are not checking references. Typically, applicants will put references that are positive. You know, so why check them? Well, it's still really important. We gain valuable information about how to be in relationship with that person from people that they've been in strong relationships with. So that's the part that I find most helpful. And then there is that occasion where a reference will say, this was the challenging part about working with this person. And it, and it might be a deal breaker or it might not, but it gives you important information. Always do background checks. Always do background checks. <laughs> If they know show their first interview and have a good reason, don't hire them. This might be controversial. <laughs> this might be the unpopular opinion. But if they haven't made the time to show up to the interview, do not hire them. There is going to be a special circumstance always. There might be an actual emergency or a good reason. But just really trust your gut in those situations. If they've if they have had now a few kind of emergencies in the first week or two, they're going to keep having lots of emergencies. If they show up to the interview in attire that you don't want them to wear some version of daily, right? We all have different dress codes or expectations at our businesses. If they show up in something to the interview that is just completely opposite or inappropriate for the position, you can expect that that's how that they will be presenting themselves going forward. This is the most important one to me. If they speak negatively about a past employer or colleague during the interview and they only focus the blame on the other person, do not hire them. I do not hire people who speak negatively about conflicts and don't take their own responsibility. Number four, define success early on. 
So this one is super, super important from a relationship-centered perspective. Remember, you are. this is a human-to-human business that we're in, and everything we do as healthcare providers is about relationships and people. So it's our job to help our team be successful. And one of the ways we do that is to define success early on. The biggest misses happen in relationships, whether they're at work or at home, when expectations are not met. What will you expect from them and what should they expect from you? And how can they best succeed in their role? So if you if you step back and really think about like, okay, in your partnership at home or your marriage, like when when are the biggest disappointments, right? When you have an expectation and the other person doesn't meet it, but they're not aware of the expectation. Uh, so bringing that into the workplace and understanding, we have to be really mindful about these things because it's also doing these kind of small steps will help us down the road, right? Because in the beginning, it can feel okay, right? There might be a lot of communication during onboarding, going back and forth. But then down the road, the person might be confused if you have an expectation of their role and they're not aware of it. Number five is be vulnerable and honest. The best candidates I find, well, they come prepared with a lot of things, but they ask why you as the employer created the business and why are you doing what you're doing and why do you care about it? Now, this is not about, okay, they need to be centered on you or it's all about you. What this question is about is it's about them caring. So I always, I encourage you to tell them your story of why you became the provider you became, why you started your center or your clinic. It, it's not going to be the same reason that they became the provider they did, although a lot of times it can be similar stories, but it they will find a connection in it. And our brains want to have meaning and purpose. So it's helpful for them to understand what your meaning and purpose is, and then they can be excited about that meaning and purpose, even if they, you know, make their own meaning from it. But you want to show them honestly who, who they're going to be working for, what they can expect from you in relationship. So in our current climate, in the ripple effects of the pandemic, employees are really, they're really interviewing us at the same time that we're interviewing them. And I think this is wonderful. But it gives you an opportunity to show them what makes your company unique and a place that they want to be. So it's really pretty even on both sides during an interview in our present climate of showing them effectively and honestly, this is what makes us unique and a place you might want to work. And this is what we're looking for. And how does that align with you and your goals, right? Um, so it's really about those honest conversations. And then lastly, I would just say, once you've done the interview process and you've hired someone, taking all of these tools into your onboarding and beyond. So, you know, our brains really need to hear things multiple times in different ways. 
We need to see it. We need to feel it. We need to hear it. We need to, you know, it needs to be an email and a Slack message. It needs to be a video. It needs to be in person. So we have to remember when we're in relationship, it's not just we build it for the first few times of meeting each other and then there's no work involved after that. It's It takes work ongoing and long-term to make sure everyone's on the same page and feeling supported. And it can be one of the most complex things we do as employers and clinic owners. Uh, So I hope these five tips are helpful to you today. And feel free to reach out if you have any questions on relationship-centered hiring. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. By the way, I love hearing from listeners. Please send me an email at Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at wellnesscentercreators.com with your feedback. And if you send me a question, maybe I'll read it on the show anonymously, of course. Thanks so much again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.